Welcome to The Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Our reading together is from Exodus chapter 19. On the third new moon after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain, while Moses went up to God. Yahweh called out to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice, and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set them before, and set before them all these words that Yahweh had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that Yahweh has spoken we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to Yahweh. And Yahweh said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you, and also may believe you forever. When Moses told the words of the people to Yahweh, Yahweh said to Moses, Go to the people, and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their garments, and be ready for the third day. For on the third day Yahweh will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go up into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot. Whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up on the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people, and consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because Yahweh had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. Yahweh came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and Yahweh called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. And Yahweh said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to Yahweh to look, and many of them perish. Also let the priests who come near to Yahweh consecrate themselves, lest Yahweh break out against them. And Moses said to Yahweh, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you yourself warned us, saying, Set limits around the mountain and consecrate it. Yahweh said to him, Go down, and come up, bringing Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to Yahweh, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them, This is the word of the Lord. One of these where you could probably do a little reading comprehension with your kids as you're reading through the text, have them see if they can figure out how many times does Moses go up this mountain to talk to God. It could just help them track the text a little bit better. It could be good to do from time to time. 
as we look at this particular chapter, you know, notice uh, at the very start of it in verse 1 that it's been now three months. Uh, the new moon representing the idea of a month. You get a new moon every month. So they've been out there. They've left Egypt for three months now, and they're in the wilderness of Sinai. So uh, that's the wilderness can mean forest or it can mean desert. So it's a little bit of a flexible Hebrew word here. Probably more of a, a, a wild area, more of a wilderness in terms of kind of a foresty place that you might consider here. They're approaching Sinai. They're approaching the mountain. That's why it's the wilderness of of Sinai is being discussed. It's the land right around it. And so here they are. They've left Rephidim. They've camped themselves in the wilderness. They are approaching Mount Sinai. And they encamp before the mountain. Verse 3, Moses goes up to God. This is no minor detail. Not even... Not even close to being a small thing. In fact, as you look, there's the contrast that happens down in verse 12, that anyone else who touches the mountain will be put to death. What's going on here? And a lot of this chapter deals with the holiness of God. We saw this similarly back in chapter 3, as Exodus as sorry, Exodus 3, as Moses came before the burning bush, and God said, the ground that you are standing is holy ground. Take off your sandals. God is holy. He is perfect. Sin and God do not mix. There is no sin in God's presence. He casts it out. And as a holy and righteous judge that he is, the just judge that he is, the punishment of sin is death. And so this is by and large what you see in the Old Testament. When people interact with God, when they come close to him, when they see him, they die. They're sinners, and they come into the presence of God, and they lose their life for it. Now, that changes later in the—well, not later in the book. That stays the same in Exodus. It changes, though, and we'll talk about the change when we talk about the tabernacle here in a couple weeks. It changes at the cross when Jesus is crucified is when that, that shifts. And so the way I like to describe it, you can think of it this way. In a sense, the, the Old Testament rule is death, you know, for man coming into God's presence. It, it, the rule is death. The exception is forgiveness in life. We see that exact exception right here in verse 3, that God allows Moses to come into his presence and live. Whereas the people are warned that they can't, the whole congregation this is why Isaiah and his call in chapter 6 of Isaiah, he sees God and he's terrified. He says, woe is me. He thinks he's dead because he's come into the presence of the holy God. He knows he doesn't deserve to live. That's another one of the Old Testament ex exceptions that God makes. And he spares Isaiah's life and instead calls him into his service. So that's the Old Testament picture. The New Testament flips it over. And so in the New Testament, because of the cross of Christ, which takes away all of our sins from us, we can now stand in the presence of the Holy God and live. This is an incredible thing. And again, we'll talk about this more when we get to the tabernacle, but I want to paint the picture at least for you here. Jesus has clothed us with his righteousness. So 
one of the ways you hear people talk about it sometimes is when God sees us, he doesn't see us, he doesn't see our sin, he sees his son, Jesus. That might be going a little too far, but you get the picture. We have been clothed in Christ. It is no longer our sins that destroy us before God, but it is Christ's love, his forgiveness, that is now in the presence of God for us. And so in the New Testament, the, the rule is forgiveness in life. The exception is death. There you can think of the book of Acts, uh, the couple, Ananias and Sapphira, who lie about what they offer to the Lord, and they are punished by death for it. But just as uncommon as the exception is in the Old Testament, so uncommon is the exception of the New Testament. So we go from the rule being death to now being life. The exception was life, and now the exception is death. And again, we'll pick this up in the tabernacle discussion in a couple of weeks, but it's important to see because it's so so relevant to this whole chapter. This idea of God's holiness is here. So Moses goes up. Three times, by the way, if your child was trying to keep track. Three times, and it'll happen again as he receives the Ten Commandments. He's called at the end of this text to take Aaron up with him. So God reminds them as he calls out of the mountain, like he called out of the burning bush. He reminds Israel of what he has done for them. You yourselves have seen. So this isn't just what you have heard. Like Jethro had the report in chapter 18. This is what you have seen. You have witnessed what God can do. You have witnessed how I bore you on eagles' wings. It's a reference, basically like flight. God speedily delivered them out of Egypt. And he's brought them to himself right there on Mount Sinai. Just as back in chapter 3 at the burning bush, God told Moses, well, maybe that was chapter 4, but God told Moses, this will be the sign for you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship me on this mountain. Well, here they are. They've made it. Verse 4 strikes a similarity to John chapter 29, verse 29. John chapter 20, verse 29, where Jesus is talking to Thomas, who believes because he's seen. And Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Israel is seen, and they struggle to believe. And yet their children after them, they are called to believe and be faithful, even though they will have not seen. So there is a connection there, and that's the way it is for us in the church today. We have not seen. Most of us have not seen a miracle of God, and yet we believe. We believe in his promises. We believe that there is forgiveness in Christ. We believe there is a resurrection of the dead, and that there is a paradise that he is preparing for us. Verse 5, if condition right if it's an if then kind of statement here if they obey if they keep his covenant they will be his treasured possession the whole earth is his but they will be his treasured possession they'll be the special special group that he he values more than any other and verse 6 he will use them as a kingdom of priests and a holy nation that is just as it was with the exodus from egypt God is going to work through his people to share the gospel. 
to share the good news with other nations too, that others may come to believe in him and be a part of his kingdom and his family. This is the role that we now have in the church today. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, really, well, I guess you could say mirrors, or you could even say fulfills this Old Testament verse. As Peter talks about how we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. And he's coming right out of this section as he's writing those things. We are a royal priesthood. We intercede before the Lord on behalf of others. We do so in prayer. We, we speak to God, uh, asking him to help others. We do so by sharing the gospel with them. The priest of the Old Testament, he does the sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus, in that sense, as our priest, he sacrificed himself for the forgiveness of sins. But now we speak of that forgiveness to one another. We are a holy nation. We're set apart so that you know our neighbor will look at us and they will see a child of God rather than just another person like themselves. There's something to that. They're called to serve the world as we are called to serve the world as well. Verse 8, as the people hear all these things from God, they agree to do it. All that Yahweh has spoken, we will do. I mean, that's good. That's the right response. The question is, do they? And the answer to that is no. They're going to rebel against God all the time, including... In the very next section, as Moses goes up on the mountain, and we it's several chapters from now, chapter 32, but in the 40 days he's up on the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments, they rebel against God greatly. So it's, it's a good say, a saying, a good statement, but they didn't actually carry it out. They didn't do it. They weren't faithful. Verse 9, we get another theophany of God. He's going to appear in a thick cloud. So the people will see and believe, and they'll also believe Moses uh, as they hear God for themselves. It hasn't worked in the past, um, that they have seen the miracles of God, and it hasn't mattered to them. It hasn't changed their faith. It hasn't strengthened their faith. They still continue to be weak in faith and grumble. Verse 10 uh, they are to be consecrated, so made holy, made clean, and they're to wash their garments for two days so that they're ready on the third day. There's a question for the kids. What happens, what else in scripture happens on the third day? Hopefully they'll make the connection to Easter pretty quick with a question like that, but that's your point to drive them to, is that is the time when we ultimately haven't been consecrated, made clean by the blood of Christ on the cross, we get this gift of new life as Yahweh will be setting up the new life for the people of Israel now that they've left Egypt. So some good connections again. On the third day, Yahweh will come down. You can talk about that one. When else does Yahweh come down? And we talk about Advent, the coming of Christ, both at Christmas time, but also in his second coming. Isaiah chapter 64 picks up on that idea pretty well. Um, that they would, that God would rend the heavens and come down. And that really Isaiah 64 does connect itself back to Exodus 19 and talks about this event as the, the mountains trembled and so shall the enemies of God tremble. That's kind of the language that you see in that chapter. Limits around the mountain so that the people don't touch it, they don't die. 
We talked about that already. Verse 14, Moses went down. So he's been going up and down and up and down. We'll see him do that again. He tells the people they do this thing. And then verse 15, Moses adds one thing to it. Do not do not go near a woman. Uh, this is Leviticus chapter 15. Uh, that To have sex, man and woman, even though that is a gift of God as we would talk about it, um, in the Levitical law, it still rendered you unclean for a little while. And uncleanness is supposed to be gone from their camp for this period of time. So take a break um, in order to dedicate yourself to the Lord. Paul will actually speak to that a little bit in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. The only reason husband and wife are not to have sex together is for a time of prayer. And basically being dedicated to the Lord. But even at that, they're not supposed to do it for long, so Satan doesn't tempt them. Verse 16, we see the theophany happen. Uh, God appears in the thick cloud with thunder and lightning, the loud trumpet blast, and the camp trembled. The people are afraid as they stand before the presence of the Lord. They're at the foot of the mountain, so they're close by. And there's God in that theophany, the cloud and the fire descending on the mountain. The mountain trembles greatly. It's hard for us to even picture what this looked like. But as you try, and you can, I don't know, have your kids draw it. Maybe that would be a good way to do something about this uh, as a family devotion. But it's a hard thing to picture what exactly that would have been like and felt like to have been there as one of those people of God, absolutely terrified uh, at what they saw happening around them. But that is what God's presence does to the sinner. So that's fitting. Again, the holiness of God being a theme throughout this whole chapter. Moses speaks, God answers in thunder. That's noteworthy. Um, Yahweh comes down. Verse 20. And he calls Moses up. So there's Moses going up again. God gives the warning against touching the mountain. Don't let the people even come, come near so that they don't perish. Same is said of the priests, so that Yahweh does not break out against them. Again, that holiness thing we've been talking about. Moses is to go down the mountain, and when he comes back, to bring his brother Aaron with him. So when we move on tomorrow, the same setting, we're going to be seeing God speaking to Moses and giving him the Ten Commandments. Is this